Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Well, I guess it really is a blues Christmas as they get five comeback goals and take down the Blackhawks tonight, 7-5 to the final at the Enterprise Center. The Hawks were leading 5-2 at one point in the third period thanks to a shorthanded goal from Nick Foligno. But after that, Five straight goals from the St. Louis Blues to hand the Hawks a loss tonight. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. It's an extended postgame show tonight here on 720 WGN. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight. But right now we're heading back on down to the Enterprise Center, bringing in our pal Troy Murray. He was on the call with John Weideman. And Troy, there really is a lot to take from this game. A sensational Connor Bedard goal. A great 40 minutes played by this team. But then... An utter collapse by the squad in the third period. Not a great look for the goaltender that we've kind of been breaking down. Not making excuses for, but being patient with in Arvid Soderblom. And we'll go ahead and start with him because we've talked so much about his confidence. And a big reason of why maybe the Hawks are being patient with him is because he's he's been saying the right things. It's not like his body language has been down or anything. But today, a real rough look for 40. And... I think it comes down to the goal scored by Justin Falk where he should have had it, and, and he just wasn't in the right spot, and that, that was kind of the dagger tonight. Bah, humbug. How about it? <laughs> Our days are not merry and bright right now. <laughs> you know, this, you know you, you've got 15 minutes to go in a game. You've got a three-goal lead, and you give up five goals. Two of them on power play to the worst power play in the NHL. But as John said, a little bit hotter as of late. Probably new coach putting a few little new wrinkles into it. They got their results out of some of the plays that they made in this third period. But, man, this is just, I don't even know where to start to break down this third period collapse. Because up until that point, everything was, was so good. They were playing well and... He just looked at all the things that that made them successful through 45 minutes, just evaporated in the third period. Uh, just incredible the way the St. Louis Blues were able to just challenge. And again, Soderblom just, I think he felt the pressure. And, you know, he can say all the right things. But I think if you're Kyle Davidson, you have to start thinking about maybe making a little bit of a, an adjustment here with your goaltenders and, and give Soderblom an opportunity to go down and play in the American Hockey League, find his confidence again, see if they can't get it back to where it, it needs to be, because right now it's just not good enough. And you know that Luke Richardson has tried to hide him a little ways, in yeah. some ways to protect him uh, by not uh, you know switching up the rotation. Peter Mrazek definitely has been the better goaltender uh, this season. And for Peter or for uh, Arvid Soderblom, you, you look at it, in his, his, in his career he's got four wins, uh, and... It just he's he struggled, and you know he hasn't got goal support in some games, and this one he did. And he just 
There was plays you can you can blame certain things that happen, and we can break down every goal. Um, stronger in front of the net, winning some battles, losing their structure, kind of running around a little bit. But the bottom line is, you know, your goaltender's got to be there sometimes to bail you out, and he was not there in this third period. Yeah, and I, I think you bring up the most important point of it being pressure because in the first 40 minutes, I mean, he, he was making some pretty decent saves. He was seeming to be in the right positioning. You know, we've talked about hockey awareness with Darren Pang. We've talked about Arvid Sutterbloom's rebound control. I think that was still a factor tonight, but there was there was a little bit more structure from him tonight in the first 40 minutes, but when the going got tough, the tough didn't get going in that third period. I mean, 22 shots to two shots on goal is, is definitely a factor of it, too. But, yeah, at some point you need to rely on your goaltender, and they couldn't rely on him in that third period. No, and, and and he did, you know, through 45 minutes, he, he looked sharp. He, he looked in control of everything. But, you know, whether it's just a goal that he can't shake in his mind, I, I'm not a goaltender and I've never been in that position. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're a unique personality, if you want to call it that, and yeah. in a very unique situation, being a goaltender, I mean, you know, you can make mistakes up ice, and your goaltender can make a save, and it doesn't make a difference, but when the goaltender makes mistakes, it usually ends up in the back of the net, and he just couldn't come up with it. Two big power play goals by St. Louis. Yes, you ran into some uh, penalty problems, but it was because St. Louis started to, to ramp up their game a little bit, and the Blackhawks just didn't have the response, and everybody's going to say that there's you know, there, there's there's no reason why we should have blown a 5-2 lead. We, we need to be better. But again, you know, I, I, this this team right now is fragile that way. They, they haven't learned how to protect leads. You don't have a, a guy like Seth Jones to calm things down there. You're playing with, with four rookies, basically, on your on your blue line, uh, three in this one. And you, you just, you know, they, they, they struggled in their own end of the ice. And, and when St. Louis really started to, to ramp up their play, uh, you know, the Hawks ended up being in a position where they're defending, they're defending in their own end of the ice. They get to the red line, they're tired, they need to get a line change, you switch, you know, you throw it in, St. Louis goes in, gets it, and turns around and attacks. And so you're always on your heels, and they never got it going after the Nick Felino shorthanded goal. And, boy, you had some great efforts, uh, you know, for 45 minutes from some of the Hawks players in this game. And Nick Foligno with with a couple goals. You look at the the ability of Radish to set up some nice plays. Tenority a career high three assists in this game. So many positives through forty five minutes that just quickly went away in in uh, in fifteen minutes. Wow! And with all the horror that happened in this game, such a fun start with the Connor Bedard goal. I'm glad you were able to squeeze in the the Trevor Zegras highlight that that happened on the other side of the nation. But yeah. Two uh, lacrosse-style goals from two of the top young superstars in the game right now. Zegers had a, a backhand. I saw the highlight. He had a backhanded goal skating away from the net. He was kind of just like throwing it over his shoulder uh, to sneak it in. It was pretty cool. And, I mean, man, two in one night, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, those, those type of plays... You know, are far and few between, and for two of them to happen, <laughs> in, it's in a Christmas miracle. NHL, it's a Christmas miracle, and it was a <laughs> Christmas miracle for the St. Louis Blues in this one. How but, about it? You know, I mean, boy, you, you know, you've got your work cut out for you to try and figure out where you want to go with this one. So many positives through forty-five minutes, so many negatives in the last fifteen minutes. Um, you know, to break it down, you it probably won't do it justice to, of how this game changed so quickly in the third period. 
you, you would think when that shorthanded goal went in that you know St. Louis five to two, they're done, they're heading into the holiday season. But no, they turn around and boy, they really bared down. They had some power play opportunities, able to capitalize on those. And again, your goaltender has to be your best penalty killer. And he's just not able to come up with the saves. Maybe some of them not his fault, obviously, but you got to find a way to keep that puck out of the net and you know give momentum or take they keep the momentum away from the St. Louis Blues, which they weren't able to do. And only two shots on goal. You know, you know that that's going to happen because the team's going to come with a, with a push when they're down like that. But to not generate anything and really be on your heels for that last fifteen minutes was. Something to watch on the positive side for St. Louis, and man, again on the negative side for the Blackhawks. This feels like you wanted a bike for Christmas, and Christmas morning you see a big box under the tree. They've oh, only only a bicycle could fit in that box, and and you unwrap it, and it ends up being a notebook or or, or something small in in just a giant box. That's what today's game felt like. Well. <laughs> Maybe it's like the presents I brought up to to John in the in the booth. <laughs> oh, is that when you found the empty boxes and, and said, "Here, here, everybody, I, I got you all gifts." <laughs> I walk it up, walk it up to the radio booth, and just some of the the uh, the the wrap presents that they have. It's like a show. mock tree, yeah, yeah. They were using them for displays and stuff. And, and said, so "Please grabbed, do not touch the fake presents." <laughs> so I, I grabbed three of them and brought them up to the. The radio booth, and, and you I told us them, don't don't open them right away. Uh, yeah, I, no, I want to see I, all I, your reaction. They, 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 they had to open them all together. <laughs> <laughs> John was, oh, this is so nice. Yeah, and he, I didn't get you anything. The box, and there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing in. But, I, mine was like long and skinny. John was, had this big it fat was like box. Like we delivered the the prime rib, and it was <laughs> spaghetti with with, with the candy sauce on it or something. A bunch of slop. We're on straight a plate. out of Elf, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Grinch stole Christmas here in the third period. Yeah, yeah, it totally did. We'll uh, we'll be looking for the the heart of the Grinch. That uh, boy spoiled the Hawks' season's uh, yeah. greetings this year. All right, pal. Well, man, I, I was really looking forward to this post-game show. We got an extended oh, one. There was yeah. You could be all revved up and ready to go. Hawks, big wing hitting into the break. Yeah. Well, that's not the script that you're going to be talking about. No, we got a couple people hanging on the line already, ready to talk about the goaltending. So uh, I can't believe this, Troy, but we got to let you go so we can talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. But I know you got to get out. I, I know. Just before you start. Responding to these text messenger calls coming in, remind them that it's the festive season. And That's we're true. All in a good mood, and it's only a game. It is. It's festivus. Yes, we we need to remind everyone that this is the time to be merry and bright, and uh, not just to to sulk on just what happened in the final fifteen minutes. Although it, it was a rough one in St. Louis tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All right, Troy. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy, well, no, we'll, we'll talk to you before the new year. And uh, But happy Boxing Day, or Merry Boxing Day, is that the right way to say it? No, I don't know, just Boxing Day. Just Boxing Day. All right, well. Appreciate it, same to you, Joe. Everybody back at the station, thank you for doing a wonderful job. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll talk to everybody on Wednesday. All right, sounds good. All right, Joe. All right, Troy. Merry Christmas. Right. Merry Christmas to you. Love you, bud. Love you, too. That is Troy Murray. He's with John Wideman.
And the Hawks fall a rough one to the St. Louis Blues, 7-5 to in the final over at the Enterprise Center as the Hawks now drop to 10-22-1 on the season. St. Louis improves to 6-17-15-1 as uh, the Hawks cough up a 5-2 lead in the third period. Again, five unanswered goals scored by St. Louis. Brandon Saad, a power play goal. Jake Neighbors, a power play goal. Jordan Cairo to tie up the game. Justin Falk with a shot that just comes from the near wall that Arvid Soderblom just wasn't able to stop somehow. And then an empty netter to put the final nail in the coffin as the Hawks lose one of the roughest games on the year. 312-981-7200. Let's just get it going. Uh, we do have to get to a break first, but we got Nick on the line. we got Murray on the line. It looks like another guy calling in or another person calling in as well. Uh, we got some text filing in as well. 312-981-7200. All right, let's do this. Hawks fall to St. Louis 7-5. to We'll take calls next after this. Blackhawks postgame show 720 WGN. Guard carrying out of the Hawks zone through center ice over the Blues blue line to the right circle. Toe drag and a shot goes wide of the net. Bedard got the puck back in behind the net. Wrap around, he scores! It was the lacrosse shot! Connor Bedard, his 13th goal on the season. He had Bennington looking the wrong way. He took the puck in the lacrosse maneuver. And stuck it into the top left corner past Bennington. You got to see this on the highlight reel, it's, folks. We're tied at one. Oh, this is just fantastic. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, the fans here in St. Louis, they're just going nuts because of the skill of Connor Bedard. It's a Festivus miracle. No, they weren't all small things tonight. That goal by Connor Bedard, a very big one. Way to go, Brett Jackson, our captain tonight, the engineer. We've got a full crew here at the WGN studios. We've got a full show, extended postgame show, up to 11 o'clock tonight. And I thought this was going to be a great extended postgame show to break down a solid win for the Hawks. Perfect way to end this, I don't want to call it the first half of the season, but head into the Christmas break on maybe one of the better wins of the year instead we're talking about one of the roughest losses on the year. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks Post Game Show. 312-981-7200. All right, let's hear from you. Nick is in Chicago and is not a fan of Arvid Sutterbloom. Go ahead, Nick. You're on WGN Radio. Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. As always, excellent job. I just want to start off by saying Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Um, Thank yeah, you. Let's, let, you're welcome. Let's talk about Arvid. So this is the guy that, you know, the organization really, let's be honest, your thoughts that he was going to be the guy going forward. And they were on, obviously, he didn't play much last year, but, you know, this was supposed to be the guy, and I think he's, he's, he's like 4-23 and 23 now, and as you guys, as you and Troy mentioned, he's just not making this big stop when you need him to, and his confidence, I mean, that, that's fifth or whatever, sixth goal by Falk, that, that just cannot go in in that situation. So I don't know what, you know, what the plan is, but I, I do think if you're GM Kyle Davidson, it's time to, time to make a call and bring up Jackson Stauber. I, mean, I know he's not going to be your future goalie, but you have to get Arvid down to the AHL, get him some confidence back, get him some playing minutes, because if he continues like this, he's definitely not your future goaltender. Um, the other comment I want to make is, uh, which I want to know your thoughts on it, Joe, uh, and I, I love what Luke Richardson has done, especially with this limited, talented group the last two years, but are you surprised he didn't take a timeout at any point, especially maybe I mean, maybe even after the fourth goal, definitely after the fifth goal, I was shocked not to see a T.O. called. So a little surprise on that. And I'll end on a positive note here. Uh, Nick Foligno continues to be great. Uh, I think it's his 17th or 18th NHL season. 
he continues to show up every night. He's pretty much our only veteran leadership, veteran guy leadership at this point. So love what he brings to the table. Shorthanded power play goal tonight. Great job by him. Uh, with that, like I said, I'll end on a positive note. Again, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Keep up the great work, Joe. And hopefully next time we talk, it's, uh, it's a much better post-game presser because this one's uh, this been a tough 48 hours. All right. Hey, thank you very much, Nick. Appreciate the call. We're going to call you Nicky three points because I think that's the second straight call. You've come in with three solid points. Um, let's see. I'll start with the Richardson point. I didn't think about that, but I do think that's fair to bring up. I do think that... That is a good situation. That is a good time to maybe call for a timeout. I don't know the ins and outs of the right time to call a timeout. I would love to ask Troy Murray that question. But you bringing it up, me just thinking about it right now, yeah, it it does kind of seem like that would be a good time to do it. Just because of how much momentum, how much flow St. Louis had. They outshot the Hawks 22-2. to in that third period. Now, the Hawks weren't doing themselves a lot of favors with the penalties. I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of them being called. There was a weird holding penalty. There was a cross-checking by Connor Murphy on a play that's kind of just like right in front of the net. I was kind of surprised to see that one being called. But it did look like they were going both ways because for a moment it was a two-man advantage for St. Louis and then they called a penalty on the Blues, so it just seemed like a lot of active whistles. Um, but yes, I, I do see where you're coming from. I, I think a stoppage in play right there definitely benefits your team, especially on the road, too. I mean, it, it got loud down there at the Enterprise Center, and they were just looking for something to gain some momentum on. Uh, I know a lot of people are, are going to be clamoring for Sutterbloom to be moved down to Rockford. I, I do want to say this, though. You know, on Blackhawks Live, we had Charlie Romeliotis chime in, and I had asked him, do you think you would do anything differently with Arvid Sutterbloom? He says he understands the struggles, he understands the rebound control, the just him not having quite the hockey awareness that Peter Mrazek does as well. But the way he presents himself in the locker room, his body language, and, and every time he just kind of goes about his business, he doesn't seem like he's shaken at all. And I agree with him. I, I think he... Soderblom's kind of a very stoic guy. He's he's very level-headed. He's very easygoing. He's he's always fine to talk with. He's never too emotional, high or low. But Troy mentioned it, and I agree with him, that it seemed like the pressure got to him in the third period. I mean, the goal that he's not able to stop on Justin Falk, that's just a 100% preventable goal. There's no reason why that puck should have went in. And yet, he wasn't giving up those types of goals in the first 40 minutes. He was almost playing to the performance of the rest of his team. I mean, the Hawks were flying, not flying, but playing better in the first 40 minutes and then getting schooled in the last 20. So, no, that's that's not a very positive trait for a goaltender you want to have a lot of faith in. You want your goaltender to make big plays and big stops in big moments. The Hawks were doing a good job of limiting St. Louis's chances in the first 40 minutes and then Sutterbloom was coming up with some stops but that was when the Hawks were kind of outplaying the Blues so I, I see where the concern comes in the third period uh, let's go to Murray in Schaumburg he's been waiting on hold for quite some time thanks for hanging on Murray uh, you're on WGN radio go ahead hey Joe first off Merry Christmas Merry Christmas um, um... I just kind of piggybacking on that last caller. I know it's easy to pile on Soderbloom. I'm sure plenty of people will. And I, they seem to play down a level in front of him as well as they just seem to lose games with him in net, whether it's his fault or not. But Richardson absolutely needs to call a timeout 
after that shorthanded goal, St. Louis had their foot on the gas, and he stood there like a statue on the bench while St. Louis just ran them over that entire third period. You need to slow that game down. I know the goal he let in was a softie, but St. Louis had all the momentum, and you cannot let that happen in that situation. And I know the team in front of him isn't good, but there just needs to be something from the head coach there. Something. Hey, I, I'm not. I, uh, thank you, Murray. Uh, I'm not trying to split hairs or anything, but I think. Um, did you did you mean to say after the shorthanded goal, or, or did you mean to say after the power play goal? Because the Blues didn't have any shorthanded goals. The shorthanded goal was Felino. No, I mean after the Hawks scored that, Felino scored the shorthanded goal. The Blues got some crap power plays from the officiating, so they can give a sort of a. Thanks to the officials for that. I, I'm just I'm just curious specifically what goal by St. Louis did you want to see a timeout well, called after? The one that made it five 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 six or six five five five. Well, they scored those two goals in twenty three seconds. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yes. Yes. Those were the two power play goals that made it five three and five four. So those are the ones you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think after that you needed to see a timeout. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. That's a fair point. Thank you, Murray. Uh, again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like a call or text. We've got a couple other calls we're going to get to in a moment. Um, from the 630 area code, I think this is Dexter in Bolingbrook. Tough, tough one to stomach tonight. It seems like this team has all the right pieces but seems to fall apart when the goaltender seems to cave under pressure. Hope the holiday break can give some rest to the team. And we're back at it next week. Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of like the pro and con of this it's all right well now the hawks get a break they get a little breather they can kind of move away from this game but that would have been so great to head into the break after picking up a great win against st louis um and i i don't want to bring up the the hawks are missing pieces argument right now that they're relying on a lot of young guys but it is still an aspect that's going to be an aspect probably the whole year um, even when they start to get some of their regulars back consistently, they're still going to be relying on a handful of young guys. And I mean, to not have Seth Jones in that situation in the third period when St. Louis is just rolling, that's, that's tough. That's dangerous. That's, I don't want to call it scary, but it's intimidating for a lot of these young guys that are trying to figure out their feet in the NHL. We've got more calls to get to, but we've got to get to another break. Again, we're up to 11 o'clock tonight, so hang with us. Hawks lose a rough one, 7-5 to the St. Louis Blues. We're talking about it here on 720 WGN. Felino grabs the puck, and he'll skate it up ice up the left wing and over the Blues line. Dropping the shoulder of the net, he moves in and shoots and scores! The second goal of the night! It's a shorthanded goal! And he extends the Hawks' lead to 5-2, to bada boom, bada bing! Break out the bandito, the Hawks are cruising here in St. Louis. That's pretty much the order it went. Excellent goal by Nick Foligno. And then the St. Louis Blues took over. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight here on 720 WGN. Merry Christmas to you and yours. 
and unfortunately, maybe the loss of the year for the Hawks. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. Nick Felino, however, is our player with the most heart tonight, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. We'll quickly go to the text line from the 630 area code. Sutterbloom's body of work over the last three years would indicate he should not be an NHL goalie, much less a backup. I don't know if I'm going to go that exaggerated. Listen, I'm not I'm not going to make a case for Arvid Soderblom after tonight's game, but I mean, when he came into the NHL, he he was looking dare I say as confident as he's looked this year. Now, it says a lot for an NHL rookie, but it doesn't say a lot for an NHL goaltender in his third year. And I know I have said that this is his first year consistently in the NHL, but um I think that was part of it. It was it was him finding his place in the NHL right from the get-go. And, and the Hawks clearly like just his skill set and everything he brought as a goaltender, and they thought that, that could and would and will improve. Um, but this year has definitely been a rough go at it, and tonight is not a great example of uh, what they might think of him in the future. Let's get to the phone lines. Ed is in Dallas. Wow, he's been hanging on for quite some time. And uh, wants to know a little bit more about the rebuild. Go ahead, Ed. You're on 720 WGN. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Good. Are you really in Dallas, Ed? Yeah, I'm in Dallas. I live down here. As a matter of fact, I got tickets for the Hawks stars here on the 29th. Um, and I just, uh, I was calling, you know, regarding this, this, this awful loss tonight. And I just, my thoughts are about the rebuild now and how long it's going to last. I'm just worried I don't know. I I stopped watching. I'll be honest with you and your callers. I stopped watching at five five because I knew what was going to happen. I knew with the defensive breakdown and the awful goaltending that it was just it was it was going to be a St. Louis win. I just knew that they were going to win the game. I didn't want to see any more, and I just wanted to know how many more years do we have to endure being in the basement? Every mistake the players make ends up in the back of the uh, the net and. I just I don't know if I can watch. I, I, I really don't know if I can watch this much longer. I'm just frustrated. I'm angry. I'm sure the coaches are, too. And, you know, Faulkner and Davidson, if you're listening, uh, this this product is not a good product. I'm just I'm, I love this team. I love this franchise, but they're awful. They're awful. And I'm just it's frustrating to watch. So I just want to know how many more years do we have to endure being in the basement and only winning about 20 games? All right, Ed. Well, thank you for the call all the way from Texas. Uh, appreciate you listening. Um, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join. Listen, this is year two of a rebuild. Um, a hockey rebuild doesn't turn around quickly. It's it's. I've said before, it's not as long as baseball, or it doesn't have to be as long as baseball, but it, it's typically not as quickly as football. And last year... Last year, in the first year of a rebuild, everything probably went as great as it could have gone. For the most part of the season, almost every game, the Hawks gave it their all, they fell short, they won the lottery, they landed the generational talent in Connor Bedard. He seems to be the real deal. I mean, think how different this would be if Connor Bedard wasn't having the year he was having. He just had his goal of the year, maybe his goal of his first five years in tonight's game. And we've hardly talked about it, but luckily it's an extended post-game show, so we will talk about it. And I understand where fans' frustration is coming from right now, but, I mean, it's it's almost... 
it's almost redundant when you're, you know, like I hate when my wife says, oh, the garbage smells bad. Yeah, it's the garbage. It's supposed to smell bad. What, am I going to spray Febreze on it and then it's everyone's going to think it's not garbage all of a sudden? Rebuilds stink. Rebuilds are tough. Rebuilds are rough. And you got to rely on a lot of young talent in rebuilds. And you, you got to pull in pieces on one-year deals to help make up a roster. And sometimes those guys go down. Or sometimes those guys get removed from the team. And you know maybe one or two of those things could have been avoided this year with the pieces that were signed. But you don't know that heading into the year. And I'm not saying that your frustration is invalidated right now. Because it is. And I got to talk about all these games afterwards, and I was really excited to talk about a a sensational win tonight, and we're talking about the exact opposite. But this is a rebuild. This this is what you sign up for. And and frankly, this is what the front office signs up for, understanding understanding that they know they're going to they're going to frustrate some fans. That doesn't mean that they don't care about the fans. They just know what it takes to get back to a sustained successful run and even when the Hawks landed the rights for Connor Bedard, they didn't want to turn things around right away. And all right, let's let's go after the biggest free agents because you don't want to stunt the growth of the rebuild. Now, I I don't know if you can go ahead and make the argument that uh, then you stunt the growth of Connor Bedard. I don't think that's happening. I think Connor Bedard's just fine. I think he's learning a lot under Nick Foligno. I think he's really enjoying his time in the NHL, and I think he's growing just fine. He's frustrated. I I don't know if you saw, but after the empty net goal, he slammed his stick against one of the goalposts and just shattered it. Um, But I, I don't think he's... I don't think that's doing a lot of damage to his overall growth because you saw the type of goal he scored tonight. Uh, let's go to our guy Devin in Payless Hills. He's been on hold for a while as well. Go ahead, Devin. You're on 720 WGN. Hey, Joe. First off, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Devin. Uh, I got a bit of a long question, so be patient with me. Um, I think the goaltending situation, uh, it's a lot more complicated than most fans realize. Uh, if you look at the uh, the stats of Jackson Stauber and Drew Camesa right now in Rockford, they're not playing so hot. And I don't think that one of them would do better than what Soderblom is providing for the Hawks right now, regardless if he's not you know, doing so hot. And I also think uh, sending Soderblom down creates a bigger issue. First of all, who are you going to bring up? Most likely would be Stauber. And if you do bring Stauber up and send Soderblom down, you're taking away valuable ice time from um Drew Camesso, because they have a 1A, 1B situation going on, I think they've rotated off starting every single game. And I don't think it would be smart to send Soderblom down if you're not going to start him quite often and get his confidence up. So my my question for you is, you know, do you think sending Soderblom down is really a viable option if we, you know, are in a, a deeper situation than most fans realize? All right, Devin, thank you for the call, and I think you bring up a couple of good points, and one that I wanted to get to. Uh, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Jackson Stauber, in the AHL this year with Rockford, has played in 13 games. He's got a record of 5-6-1, a save percentage of 890, a goals against average of 341, which is not as high as Arvid Soderblom's coming into today's game in the NHL, but obviously not great numbers. Now, until tonight, I, I would not have said, yeah, might as you might as well give Stauber a chance and, and try to 
have Sutter Bloom regain his confidence down in the NHL or down in the AHL, excuse me. Here's my one concern about that. I'm not saying this is why they should hold back from this decision, but do you send him down, I don't know, today, right after the break? Let's say you do that. How much is that a burn on his confidence? How much is that affecting him in the short term, in the long term? I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. I mean, it's it's a brutal sport. It's a brutal business, and, and results show. But it is something to keep in mind. Now, the other thing is Drew Camesso. Drew Camesso is 21 years old. He's played 14 games in the AHL this year, a record of 6-6-2, and a save percentage of 897, and a goals against average of 292. His numbers look pretty sharp. But it's his first year in the NHL, or first year in the AHL, first professional season. Now, the Hawks kind of did this with Corey Crawford. Crawford was younger. They pulled him up for a couple of games and then a couple more games the following year until he was the consistent goaltender in 2011. So that might be an idea. That might be an option as well. But until tonight, I, I wouldn't have said to go ahead and experiment with a swap of Soderblom and Stauber. Tonight, I would understand if that were to happen. We are going to get to some more phone calls, but we got to get to another break before we get to the news. Because again, extended post game show all the way to eleven o'clock tonight. Hawks follow the St. Louis Blues seven to five down in Missouri. It's the Blackhawks post game show three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. If you'd like to join seven twenty WGN. Puck taken away by the Blues into the Hawks zone. Cairo drops it off right circle. Butchnevich cuts in front and fires, and a butterfly save made by Soderblom. Hawks come back up, ice two-on-one, Radish over the line to Dickinson, and Frazier just scores! Jason Dickinson with his 11th goal in the season. He scored in back-to-back nights, and he gives the Hawks the two-goal lead back at 4-2. to Well, before that goal by Jason Dickinson, it was another save by Arvid Sutterbloom, if you, as you heard John Weideman describe. That was our save of the game, which is sponsored by ComEd Financial Assistance Programs. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks fall to St. Louis, 7-5, to rough game, five unanswered goals in the third period. And uh, unfortunately, Arvid Sutterbloom is the main point of conversation tonight. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. We're going up to 11 o'clock tonight. We've got to get to a news at 1030, so I'm going to try to squeeze in one text and maybe both calls if we can get them in quickly. Uh, Adam and Romeoville, very embarrassing being up three goals going into the third and then losing by two. Seems like the Blues had the puck the entire third period and the majority on the power play. Sutterbloom has got to go, gives up soft goals, and the only way you can win with them is if you score eight goals apparently all right let's go to mark in chicago who wants to bring up patrick kane go ahead mark you're on wgn hey joe uh can you hear me i just want to say merry christmas uh merry christmas got you mark yeah yeah yeah. great um i want to bring up patrick kane i've been seeing him uh streaming him lately Uh, i i really wish that the front office gave him an extra look uh over the off season and in the beginning of the season i know we had a tough go of it with our veterans perry didn't work out taylor hall got hurt felino's been great no doubt about it but i mean patrick kane looks so good his hockey iq's there his hands are still there um, I really wish we gave him a go, uh, but 
I, I'm sure I'm one of many in the Chicago fan base that wishes that, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. All right, thank you, Mark. Again, three one two ninety one seventy two hundred. Listen, I'm I'm totally aware with what Kane's doing. Uh, he just picked up another goal tonight. He's got five this year. He's got four goals in his last three games. He looks to be back to being Patrick Kane. I think a lot of factors involve why the Hawks didn't circle back on Patrick Kane. I think the main one is though. They pulled off that Band-Aid last year when they traded him and are just fully committed to turning the page to the next Blackhawks generation without Patrick Kane, without Jonathan Taze. I think you do have to put into perspective that you know Kane just came back onto the scene within the last couple of weeks. So, you know, are the Hawks going to sign him for only one year, or are they going to sign him for a three-year deal? What does that look like? Is he finishing his career? I think there's a lot more variables involved with Kane's situation, don't get me wrong, I would love to see Patrick Kane in the Blackhawks sweater again. I think it'd be fun and a revival and cool to see him with Connor Bedard, but I also understand why the front office is so adamant about moving on from those guys. Uh, let's quickly go to Rich in Omaha, who wants to talk about the rebuild. Go ahead, Rich. You're on WGN. Hey, hey uh, good evening. I just uh, wanted to uh, gauge your barometer here. I overheard uh, when, uh, you said that the rebuild is going on year two, and I can make an argument it's been going on for several years since they made the playoffs last in 17-18, not including the bubble year where they uh, came in. I was just wondering what e- metric you're using um, relative to um, the rebuild. Are you using because they have basically have been at the bottom and drafted high the last two years? That's all. Have a great holiday, bud. Hey, thanks, Rich, in Omaha. Uh, I'm going off the barometer of Kyle Davidson being hired as the general manager and him using the official term as complete rebuild and taking the organization over from Stan Bowman and trading away almost every player that was on his plate that wasn't his own doing, you know, trading guys like Alex DeBrinkett and Kirby Dock for draft picks in two years prior when the Hawks had no first-round picks and just going about a full-on rebuild. I understand the Hawks have been towards the bottom of the standings the past, and not even towards the bottom of the standings, but have not been playoff contenders for the past couple of years. But the full-on declaration of a quote-unquote rebuild was stated by Kyle Davidson when he got the general manager's job two Aprils ago at the United Center. That's what I'm basing it off of. And and honestly, that's that's been the, the pool of, of this next Hawks regime that has been taking over and has been in control over the past couple of years. I mean, it was Kyle Davidson's doing to put themselves in a position to get Connor Bedard. They ended up winning that lottery, getting him, and now are turning the page into this full-on rebuild. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight, talking about a 7-5 loss to the St. Louis Blues. From the draw, Crevier clears to center ice. Here the Blues back into the Hawks zone. Falk fires from the top of the right circle. He scores. Only his second goal of the season, Justin Falk. Let a wrist shot go that I believe Soderblom misplayed or wasn't expecting. And it looked like it hit the bottom of his blocker and went in behind him. And the Blues lead 6-5. to five. That was the most disheartening goal coughed up by Arvid Soderblom tonight. And it ended up being the game-winning goal for the St. Louis Blues, who 
Top the Blackhawks 7-5, the final score from St. Louis. I'm Joe Brand. This is the extended Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Merry Christmas to you and yours. And uh, thanks for hanging around. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or text. want to get to a couple of texts before we get to Luke Richardson. We do have sound from the Blackhawks head coach tonight. Uh, from the 312 area code, I wonder, and this is regarding to not re-signing Patrick Kane, which is what one caller called in and wanted to pick my brain about. Uh, from the 312 area code, I wonder how we'd be doing if Hagel... I'm sorry. I wonder how we'd be doing with Hagel, Debrinket, and Kane. So constantly talking rebuild ain't cutting it. Hagel and Debrinket should have been part of the rebuild, and Kane needs no further explanation, but oh well, Kyle. Nice try. I think he's there insinuating that I'm uh, trying to back up Kyle Davidson. There's so many different threads to this, right? Brandon Hagel was traded before... Kyle Davidson decided to part ways with Kirby Doc and Alex Debrinkit. Brandon Hagel was traded because of what was offered for him, mostly. Kyle Davidson said he wasn't going to trade Hagel just to trade Hagel. And yet, he ended up trading him because he got two first-round picks. And I'll keep in mind, I know I've been saying the word rebuild a lot tonight. I have yet to name Oliver Moore, Frank Nazar, Sam Rinzel... All guys that are on Team USA for the World Juniors this year, mind you. All guys that are in the Blackhawks system. All guys that will be coming up to this NHL roster in a couple of years. So as much as you want to use this term rebuild as, as some mirage that the front office is just painting... There are factors to it. There, there are reinforcements to it. From the 219 area code, I understand the rebuild, and I agree that Luke Richardson has done a good job with the roster he has the last couple of years. Where does he fit in the rebuild? I agree with some of the callers earlier. He definitely should have called a timeout. Some of these losses have to be on the coach, too. I apologize for my voice. It's that time of year. Um, I, I, I do understand the caller's point about a timeout. I, I do think there's a situation for him to call a timeout there to slow down the game for a number of reasons, and the main one being St. Louis was just absolutely rolling and kind of taking over the game and definitely stealing the momentum. But I think there's enough blame to go all around in this one. Yes on the goaltending, yes on the defense, yes on some of the absences that the Hawks are still dealing with, and yeah, probably some on Luke Richardson as well. Uh, from the uh, from Twitter, and if you'd like to tweet at me, at Joe underscore brand one. My concern is the lack of, in quotes, let's call it improvement. Will Bedard want to commit to an organization that doesn't use their picks slash resources to improve the team around him? We have the length of his contract to move the needle towards a competitive product. Once again, I'll go back to all the guys I have just named, haven't named for the majority of this post-game show, Oliver Moore, Frank Nazar, Sam Rinzel. Uh, there's more guys in Rockford. Colton Dock is ter- ter- tearing it up. Uh, Drew Camesso is a goaltending piece of the future that the Blackhawks have high hopes for. Even further down the goaltending depth, Adam Guyon. Um, so there are other pieces. Just because they're not here at the NHL level doesn't mean they don't exist or that they're not capable of, of being a part of all this. And it also means that they're being a part of Connor Bedard's future as well. So if you want to see the Hawks, who have two first-round picks this upcoming draft, mind you, swap that 
for some success right now to turn things around because you're frustrated with the losses, I think that might be a little reckless. I'm not saying it is going to be the case, but let's face it, the Hawks are probably not going to the playoffs this year. So what is the harm of still seeing what you've gotten a lot of these young guys this year while you have the time to do it? Hopefully next year more of these guys come up. Alex Flasic, Isaac Phillips are, are defensemen that you can really rely on that aren't just uh, figuring their way out, even though I think Vlasic has had a fantastic year. I think Phillips has looked great. Um, hopefully Lucas Reichel turns a corner. I, I know these are a lot of hypotheticals and optimistic points of view, but they're also parts of the plan. And as I said before, rebuilds stink. Rebuilds are frustrating. Rebuilds are tough to endure, and this is still the beginning stages. Everything went so well last year. I think that's why everything is being so much more exposed this season. All right, let's hear from the head coach after this rough loss. 7-5 to to the St. Louis Blues. Here's what Luke Richardson had to say. Well, I think, you know, they obviously turned up the, the heat on us, and uh, we, we just stopped moving our feet. I found uh, just kind of froze a little bit, and that causes too much D-zone time, and that uh, causes penalties. And, uh, you know, they got two power play goals, gave them some life, and I thought they just kind of fed on that, and, and we just kind of clammed up. Uh, I didn't think we were moving our feet. And, uh, again, even after the penalties, too much D-zone time, and uh, bad things happened there. The Colorado game, you protected the lead pretty well down the stretch. And was there anything different that happened this time? Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think we obviously uh, we didn't have penalty trouble, and uh, you know, I thought we did a pretty good job on the five on three. But then we couldn't get through. If we could have got through that second uh, shorthanded uh, instance off of the five on three, I think we would have been okay. But it just seemed like we tightened up. And, uh, you know, we just got off our game. When we're not moving our feet, we had no chance to really get pucks in deep and forecheck, which was what we did well all game, most of the game. And then uh, and they did that. So they kind of reversed, uh, you know, the, the game plan on us. I know it's not at the forefront of your mind right now, but uh, Connor's goal, I guess, is a matter of time before we see something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've seen a couple of things like that. Uh, you know, definitely uh, happens quick. You know, he's got quick hands, and I didn't even realize what happened until it went in. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's the vision that he has. He can see that uh, when the puck was probably, uh, you know, wobbling a little bit, he gets his uh, blade under it, and he can scoop it as he's moving. So, uh, you know, he's able to do those things. So, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't uh, propel that into a win tonight. That was cool. It looks like uh, Reichel get two shifts in the third, and just the fourth line, I was struggling a little bit, turning pucks over, I thought, in the second period. So, uh, you know, I think they had some good spots uh, early in the game, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, and then penalty trouble kicked in, and, uh, you know, you know, I mean, that was just, we went with three lines, and, and you know, we didn't get it done. So, um, you know, I mean, maybe we could have went with four lines, but, uh, you know, the way the middle of the game went, it just uh, it didn't look uh, like it was their night, so uh, they just didn't get the ice time in the third. You've been rooting so hard for Soda Bloom to turn it around. So that just is a tough one. Yeah, and he made a real big save at the end of the second period, right before Dickinson's goal. So that was huge, and I, and I hope you know. I mean, he can remember that for some confidence. I don't think uh, you know we played great in front of him in the third period. So, uh, and he still made a couple of big saves there when it was tight. So, you know what? It, it was unfortunate uh, for the result for him, but uh, you know he's going to have to look at some bright spots and work with Jimmy from there. Uh, really quick, I want to re-reference a text that I read earlier from the 219 area code about Luke Richardson and where he fits in this rebuild. I've said it before that when the Hawks hired Luke Richardson, they were hiring for the more one of the more unique 
openings in the NHL because they weren't looking for a head coach just to take over last year. They weren't looking for a head coach to to try and get this team to win the Stanley Cup. They were looking for a head coach to work with a bunch of young players. Luke Richardson has a ton of experience coaching in the minor leagues. They were looking for a player-friendly head coach, which was kind of his most raving reviews from throughout the league. And they were looking for somebody to be the head coach for the long run. And whether you like the way that this year is going or not, that is still part of this whole process. And another texter from the 219 area code chimes in. The coach coach must must go, Joe. Uh, This texter has been kind of clamoring for that case for the past couple of months. Uh, I'm going to finish this thought up, and then I I do want to get to some of the more positive things. We'll also play... sound from Taylor Radish, but there was a great goal by Connor Bedard tonight. He chatted with Darren Pang on the television broadcast, so we want to bring that to light as well, because the first 40 minutes of this game was very great. I mean, the Hawks played great. The beginning of the third period was okay, too, because the Hawks added to their lead, even though they were being outplayed. But yes, you can't ignore how this way, how did this game finished, how the goaltending just kind of let the team down. How the team kind of let the goaltending down as well. This was this was an ugly loss all in all. Let's hear from Taylor Radish. I don't even know. It's that's as frustrating as it can be. We feel like we played great first two periods. We kind of dominated the whole thing and just came up flat in the third. And just three three penalties to start the third period doesn't help. And they um, they capitalize with some momentum and we just got to find a way to break it once they get one and, and turn it right around. But we. Fell, fell once again into that hole, and it's it's uh, it's frustrating. What's the mood like in the, the room right now? Um, obviously, everyone's pissed off. You never want to lose a game like that. It's you feel like you have a really good chance when we put ourselves in a good chance to win on a on a back to back before a break, and we um, let it slide. Was there something that they changed up in terms of the offensive scheme, or just kind of more mistakes? And... I feel like we kind of just gave it to them. They didn't switch anything up. We just, like I said, we came up flat and penalty trouble and they capitalized and we we didn't find a way to, to turn around once they once they got going and um, that's what happens when we, we make mistakes like that. You have the lacrosse background, what did you think of Connor's goal? Yeah, that was, was obviously cool he's a really talented player and it doesn't um, obviously surprising to see but you know he's uh, someone that you kind of expect anything from and at any time and um, yeah, he's a, a guy that can do that stuff and it was a, a great goal for him. Yeah, he's so skilled. He can he can make those plays whenever. Obviously, um, he's. I don't think anyone fully practices that. I don't know how many chances you get to to make a lacrosse goal, but um, yeah, like I said, he's a guy that has the skills to do it. And um, if he had a chance, obviously, it was his first one trying it, and he, he put it in. So it's good. Yeah, you can kind of hear the frown on Taylor Radish's face when he's talking about Connor Bedard's highlight reel goal there. This team is frustrated, and it's clearly so. Uh, before we get to a break from the 708 area code, thoughts on Reichel getting benched. This was another thing I wanted to bring up that Luke Richardson was talking about. Uh, if you didn't hear in the pregame show, Luke Richardson was mentioning how heading into tonight's game, he was going to have a different-looking lineup, and he was going to be kind of rotating players on who would play in this game based on their performance, just throwing out guys there who were doing well. And part of that is the way the team's been performing lately, and part of that is being the second half of a back-to-back. Lucas Reichel played the least in tonight's game, 7 minutes and 58 seconds. Cole Gutman was second least at 8 minutes 
and two seconds. Reese Johnson played 10.57. Mackenzie Entwistle played 12.20. I think that's a great example of your head coach holding players accountable right there. And in real time, too. It's it's not like uh, you're making players a healthy scratch, which he has done in the past. I mean, in real time, in the game, no, you're not doing what I need you to do. Take a seat. We don't need you right now. I, I think that's quality of a good coach. I, I don't think it's... It's hard to say it's not the leadership's fault right now. And by leadership, I mean head coach and Luke Richardson, the coaching staff, and then even the leaders on the team with Nick Felino and Jason Dickinson because they're doing the right things. They're saying the right things, but not everything is clicking right now. And I don't know what it all is. It all just a little bit of everything. Is it the absences, the guys that the Hawks are missing right now? Seth Jones, Alex Vlasic, Andreas Athanasiu. Is it the amount of rookies that they're relying on, or guys that might not be here in the NHL if it weren't for the roster makeup for this current NHL team that is the Chicago Blackhawks? I think there's a lot of things that go into it, and unfortunately, it's just the perfect storm right now because it is the second year of a rebuild. We're going to take a break when we come back. We're going to talk about a fun goal by Connor Bedard. Doesn't that sound fun, boys and girls? It's Christmas time. Come on. 720 WGN. Here's Bedard carrying out of the hawk zone through center ice over the Blues blue line to the right circle. Toe drag and a shot goes wide of the net. Bedard got the puck back in behind the net. Wraparound, he scores! It was the lacrosse shot! Connor Bedard, his 13th goal on the season. He had Bennington looking the wrong way. He took the puck in the lacrosse maneuver and stuck it into the top left corner past Bennington. you got to see this on the highlight reel, it's, folks. We're tied at one. Oh, this is just fantastic. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, the fans here in St. Louis, they're just going nuts because of the skill of Connor Bedard. Wheels this around on his backhand over the shoulder of Jordan Bennington up into the top corner. My goodness, that is a ton of skill right there on that little play. He knew what he was going to do when he was behind the net. He read what was going on. He flipped the puck up onto his stick, corralled it, wrapped it around and up into the top corner. Holy jumping for Darren (laughs) Pang on that one. Bing, bing. Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks fall to the St. Louis Blues 7-5. I'm sorry, Brett Jackson. I can't catch the reference. But uh, that was Connor Bedard's goal, and that was John Weideman's call of Connor Bedard's goal. The lacrosse goal, the Michigan goal, whatever you want to call it, it was a thing of beauty tonight in St. Louis. That's how we got things started off for the Hawks offense as it tied up the game 1-1. Hawks eventually would take a 2-1 lead, a 3-1 lead, down the line a 5-2 lead, but you know the rest of the story. They coughed up five goals in the third period. Uh, Bedard wasn't the only guy in the NHL to score a goal like that tonight. Trevor Zegras of the Anaheim Ducks did the same. But it really was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of confidence, too, by Connor Bedard. And uh, as Troy Murray had given a nice little nod to Darren Pang and his holy jumping camaraderie, big day for Darren Pang, his first return to St. Louis as well. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was in the building. Kelly Chase was in the building. I mean, it was a lot going on down at the Enterprise Center. But Darren Pang talked with Connor Bedard about this goal on the TV broadcast. Let's hear that conversation. 
Well, Connor, your first game here in St. Louis, it's a great rivalry. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on the atmosphere and, and just playing here. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's always exciting for myself, obviously, coming to these ranks for the first time and, um, you know, a rivalry here. And, uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been uh, pretty loud in there, and it's, it's fun. Okay, you didn't play lacrosse growing up as a kid because you should have with that goal that you scored. Have you scored one like that before? Uh, when I was pretty young, but um, I got a lot of attempts, so um, it's good to kind of see one going. Okay, so what part of it made you f- feel like you you had a good play here? Was the puck rolling? Uh, no, uh, there's just no one there, and um, just thought it was a good play, and uh, yeah, I kind of went for it. One more question for you, Connor, and that is trailing one nothing. You played last night, disappointed as a team. To come back and score two straight, what's that say about your squad? Yeah, I think just kind of resilience and... Um, you know, obviously, you never want to give one up early, and uh, you know, for us, that's not so we wanted, but uh, we stuck with it. Thought we had a pretty good period, so um, yeah, just gotta keep it going here. The crazy thing is, he tried that attempt, that type of goal, exactly last year on this day in World Juniors, didn't succeed. Yet he does one year later at the NHL. One more break. We'll wrap up the post game show, taking a look around the NHL. Seven twenty, WGN. For Zaka, that was broken up. Winnipeg back the other way. Two on one. Shifley out in front for Villardi. Shoots. Stop. Rebound. They score! Josh Morrissey steps out of the pile and says that one will count. And Winnipeg, with eight seconds remaining in the first period, opens up the score. It's one nothing for the Jets. Well, it'll be a while, but that is our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. Blackhawks will be back home at the United Center hosting the Winnipeg Jets on Wednesday, December 27th. But hey, we'll have a Blackhawks live on December 26th. Our own Jack Heinrich hosting that one for the Christmas holiday. I'm Joe Brand, wrapping up the Blackhawks postgame show. A lot of games going on in the league tonight. Let's get to as many as we can, and we'll start in Nashville. Smith tucked one home, and we're headed to overtime, it appears. Steele cuts it off in the slot, knocked down. Here's a chance. Score! Dallas! Two seconds left. Can you believe it? It's a pre-Christmas miracle. The Stars have turned it around. Yeah, Josh Bogorod of Bally Sports Southwest, as Dallas was trailing 2-0 heading into the third period of that one, scored three goals, the final two in the final 15 seconds to come back and beat the Nashville Predators 3-2. Let's go to Minnesota. Steen with a deflection up top. It stays in, left circle, sent out in front. They score! It's Kirill Kaprizov in the slot. He's got goals in three straight. And just like that, it's the Wild 2 and the Bruins 1. That is our guy, Judd Surratt, 98.5, the sports hub. But you heard his voice as the Bruins pick up their fourth straight loss as they fall to the Minnesota Wild 3-2. to Boston now 19-7-6 on the year. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitgo. When you start with Sitgo, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to Jack Heinrich, Alan Poppy, and our captain Brett Jackson here from the WGN Studios. John Wideman and Troy Murray had the call from St. Louis. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand signing off. Again, the final score, St. Louis 7, the Hawks 5.